Coming up on Philosophy Talk. What does it mean to be queer? What is being queer if not questioning everything? How does the notion of queerness subvert or undermine traditional ideas of gender and sexuality? Okay, so what, you're into like polyamory now? No, I'm just saying, what if we didn't just have the sort of knee-jerk, heteronormative... Listen to yourself, listen to yourself. You've been queer for like 30 seconds. When queer is used to describe non-normative identities in politics, what does it mean? Could a rich, white, cisgendered, politically conservative gay man ever call himself queer? Andrew is also an out and proud homosexual. He's here, he's queer, and we're used to it. Is queerness just a marker of sexual orientation, or is it a political and social identity? Our guest is Susan Stryker, editor of the Transgender Studies Reader. Queerness. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Is queerness something that all lesbian, gay, bi, and trans people have in common? Or is queer just an empty umbrella term with no real content? Is queerness a sexual identity, a political identity, or something else? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford. Ken teaches philosophy there, and so do I. We're all familiar with the term queer, but what does it actually mean? Well, the word queer used to be a sexual slur. And some people still hear it that way, but nowadays we also have departments of queer studies in universities, John. And yet, Ken, I'm going to admit something to you. I'm not 100% sure what the word queer means in that context. Well, queer theory has roots in the ideas of Michel Foucault and his thought that sexuality and sexual categories are shaped and constituted by history and culture. Well, most things are. Is this as opposed to being fully determined by biology and genes? Exactly, John. Take ancient Greece, for example. Young men in ancient Greece were often encouraged to take older male lovers. Uh... Pedophilia, maybe? Well, they didn't think of it that way. They didn't think of it as a perversion at all. They thought of it as the highest form of mentorship if it was done right. Yeah, sure. What's your point? My point is that guys have been having sex with guys since ancient times and even before that. But the category gay didn't become a thing, didn't become a real thing in sexual politics, culture, and identity formation until very recently, actually. And what should we conclude from that exactly? That sexual identities are not determined by biology and not even by sexual behavior. They're more about how people think of themselves. Biology doesn't do it. Sexual behavior doesn't do it. What does determine well, sexual identity? That's a complicated thing, John. I mean, for example, when it comes to queer identity, did you know that some homosexual people don't identify as queer at all, and some non-homosexual people do identify as queer? Is this kind of like maybe a generational thing? Like young, hip gays and lesbians who live in big cities or go to elite colleges call themselves queer instead of gay or lesbian while... People my age, my gay friends, just, they just call themselves gay. Now, John, you said you didn't know anything about this, but you actually stumbled into something true. And the truth you stumbled into is that queer is an identity that is both contested and is in flux. 
Well, enlighten me then about the complexity of queerness. Well, I'm not sure I can enlighten you, but I can tell you this, that for some people, queer is just a shorthand. It's an umbrella term that includes a variety of other identities. Other people reject terms like gay or lesbian completely and prefer to identify as straight-out queer instead. Still, other people actually loathe the term queer. They think of themselves as gay and lesbian, bi, or trans, but they refuse to call themselves queer. Well, the word just seems like a useless queer linguistic tangle. What's a queer tangle is human identity. That's the queer tangle. Well, let's go back to basics and focus on the core linguistic meaning of queer, the word queer. Linguistically speaking, queer implies that something is off, deviant. Yeah, and which is why it could be used as a slur in the first place. It was used to bully and intimidate people who didn't fit what the culture considered normal or respectable when it comes to sexuality. But you're saying it doesn't have to be a slur. It can just be used to embrace one's deviance and announce it rather than to reject and stigmatize it. Exactly. That's like when queer activists first added, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. They were proudly refusing to conform to society's norms. All right. So now uh, explain to me about trans people. Where do they fit into this sexual linguistic stew? Well, trans people may or may not identify as queer, and they may or may not identify as gay or lesbian or straight. I guess that's because being trans is a different dimension of deviation from the norm than being lesbian, gay, or bi. Being trans doesn't necessarily imply anything about who you're attracted to. Well, right. A trans man might be attracted to women, to men, to both, to neither, you, you name it. Well, then, what's the point of including trans people among the queer? Well, that's complicated, too, John. <laughs> so, take a trans person who's been assigned by society to one gender category, say woman, but is also attracted to women. What would you call such a person? Well, I don't know. Lesbian, right? Is that right? <laughs> well, not so fast. Suppose that person decides to transition from female to male. If the person is still attracted to women, do they suddenly become straight? Uh, well, gee, I, I don't know. Maybe the person was a straight male all along, just trapped in a woman's body. So we should take account of that, too. Well, what about the female partner of such a person? Is her sexual identity also changed when her partner transitions from being a lesbian woman? To a straight man? Well, gee, John, you got me. It's beyond my pay grade. I don't know the answer <laughs> to that one. But you know what I do know? That that's a beautiful thing about the term queer. It encompasses potentially the full range of human sexuality in all of its non-binary messiness. To find out more about that non-binary messiness, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shuka Kalantari, to talk to a couple of people who don't define themselves in terms of any traditional gender roles. She files this report. I love the term queer. You know, I didn't always. That's Joanna Ramsey. She's a transgender woman who spent eight years in a men's prison. It used to be like a word that I felt was offensive, but then I kind of like learned to embrace it because it means like not the average, not the status quo. Ramsey says in prison, the word queer was not a good thing. When she was released in September of 2016, she found many in the LGBT community now embrace the term. I think any time that you're a minority or an oppressed minority, that there needs to be like a fellowship and a camaraderie within your own community. And so I just wish that we could all embrace like some of those terms that you know have been used to attack us. 
Ramsey says the word queer encompasses an umbrella community for so many people who define themselves as outside the norm. To embrace that word queer means that you have taken on the mantle of being different and that you've taken on the responsibility of being different because I think that there's a consequence that comes with that. And you have to be willing to be a stronger person for it. You have to be willing to advocate, to stand up for what's right. And it's hard, it's not the easy route. I just like the Webster's definition of queer as being different. Jessalito B is a Filipino-American choreographer in San Francisco. That's sort of fundamental to everything I believe is queer, is that it is different. It's not the normative. And that is delightful for me, because that's where I live. B created a dance theater show in 2016 called Legendary Children. It explores the term queer and how generations of queer people paved the way for today's LGBT communities. It is because he fought and sweat and bled and marched and rallied and stood up so that the world that you live in is better than the world that he grew up in. B says his inspiration for the play was the 1999 song by Holly Johnson called Legendary Children. I'll self-identify as being gay, but queer is actually closer to who I am. It's so much more than who I sleep with. It's about how I interface with the world, you know, ideologically. How this disrupts things that are, you know, heteronormative or normative. That's a lot of what queer is. It's about this disruption of the status quo. You know, and if you're talking about sexuality or politically or ideologically, that pretty much encapsulates what I define as queer. Not everyone loves the term queer. The president of the National Gay Newspaper Guild wrote in 2016 that turning a once derogatory term on its head only hurts LGBT seniors who have a painful history with the word. But Jessalito B, the SF choreographer, says even though queer used to be derogatory, by reclaiming the word, LGBT communities are defanging those who have oppressed them in the past and those who are trying to do so in the present. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shuka Kalantari.